I wanna talk to you today about learning to lead, learning to lead, and if you're taking notes, you can jot that down, learning to lead. How many are learning to lead right now? How many already got it figured out? You're like, I'm an A-plus student, I've aced it, okay. So most of us in this room would say, no, I'm learning. I'm learning how to be a better leader. I'm learning how to be the leader that God's called me to be. And really, those are the words that God gave me when I first started pastoring was, Paul, just be a learner. Just be a learner. If you'll be a learner, I'll take care of all the things you feel like you don't have as a leader. And I would say this today. Many of us in this room are here because we want to learn more about God. And if we'll keep that same hunger every day of our lives, if we'll just say, man, I'm just hungry. I'm just, I wanna learn more. I, I don't feel like I've graduated from learning to be who God's made me to be, learning more of who God is, learning how to be the best leader I can be. If you'll continue to stir up that desire to learn, I believe God will continue to teach you new things. God will continue to do new things in your life. God will continue to open new doors in your life. So just say this with me. I'm a learner. I'm a learner. I'm a learner. We say this victory confession every week, and this confession really came from um, a time in my life where I felt discouraged as a leader. I felt like things were not working out, things were not going the way that I thought they were gonna go, and, um, and I felt not just discouraged, but I had even allowed depression into my life. And so I remember driving up to the church, staring at the front of our building, and I was in my car, and I had a napkin and a pen, and um, I was crying because I was getting ready to preach, and I was like, nobody wants to hear me preach. You know, I don't even want to hear me preach. And I was like, I was just overwhelmed with inadequacy, insecurities, and just not feeling confident and discouraged. And let me just tell you this today. God is not intimidated by your insecurities. God is not like, oh, I can't use an insecure person. In fact, God picks a lot of insecure people in the Bible. Bible. So that's good news for a lot of us in this room. Y'all are like, I have no insecurities. I'm perfect. Okay. But for those of us who are like, man, I've got pimples and I, my voice still cracks and I can't even grow a beard. I'm trying. I got like a hundred hairs here that are barely popping out. Okay. Just me. All right. But the bottom line is this, uh, God is attracted to people who realize I don't have it all together. I think God likes people who recognize I'm not the strongest. I mean, why did God choose Gideon? And Gideon said, I'm the weakest in my tribe. I'm the youngest in my family. I'm not a great leader. I don't even know. Let's think about Moses, one of the greatest Old Testament leaders. What did Moses say? I can't speak. I have a bad past. I murdered somebody. Why would you choose me? And I love that God chooses us even in spite and sometimes really because of our weaknesses because the Bible says that he uses the foolish to confound the wise. How many of you wanna continue to become a better leader in this room? Again, I think the more weak we realize we are, the more attractive we are in God's eyes. But the stronger we think we are in our own flesh, I think we're saying, God, I don't really need your help. I'm an incredible speaker. God, I don't really need your Holy Spirit. I'm an incredible leader. I've read all the John Maxwell books. I've figured it out. But when you have that kind of pious, prideful attitude, you're pushing the Holy Spirit out of your leadership. And, and, and God's looking for those who are lowly in heart, those who are humble, those who are broken and saying, man, I could use some more help. So I remember sitting out there and um, God said, Paul, change the narrative. Because you keep talking about your, your best days are behind you. 
You keep talking about the problems you're seeing and stop talking about the problems you're seeing and start prophesying like Sammy Rodriguez spoke last night. Start prophesying over your future. Start prophesying over the church. So I wrote down on this napkin, I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. Didn't feel like it, but I had to write it. Sometimes you have to talk yourself into believing something that you're not sure is true yet. Then I wrote down, um, my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive. And let me just say this today, we're gonna get into um, the heart of a leader because I truly believe the measure of a leader is not their head, it's not their knowledge, it's not their stature, it's their heart. I really believe that the greatest thing we can have as, as leaders Leading a church, leading the children's church, leading a youth group, leading in the Bible college, leading as an RA, as a chaplain, wherever you're leading. And let me just say this, all of you in this room are leading someone. You're leading someone. Anyone see that old movie with Robin Williams called Hook? It was about Peter Pan. Anybody see that? Half of us in this room, if you haven't seen it, it's a great leadership movie. But there's this moment where uh, Peter Pan comes over to the Lost Boys and he looks Rufio in the eyes and then he looks, you know, all the different Lost Boys in the eyes and um, he says, you're in charge of this, you're in charge of that, you're in charge of this, you're in charge. And he gets to the smallest, littlest boy and the little boy goes, what am I in charge of? And he says, you're in charge of the ants and the bugs and all the little critters. And the boy smiled and you know, he was so excited that he was in charge of something. But what it spoke to me in the movie is we're all in charge of something. We all are influencing someone. All of us have leadership influence. And so uh, again, we say in our victory confession, my heart is open. Because the key to being the leader God's called you to be is continuing to keep a posture in your heart of humility. To say, Lord, if I've allowed pride in, if I've allowed bitterness in, if my heart is becoming toxic and my head is getting bigger and my knowledge is getting stronger but my heart is getting smaller, Lord, my heart is open and my mind is ready to receive. And then the other part of the confession is because God's not finished with me yet. And we say this every week at Victory. I'm saying this because this is a part of the leadership God's called me to walk in. This is a part of who I am as a leader and I believe part of who God wants you to be as a leader is to have a confession over your life. Um, you can't, we say this at Victory all the time, you can't live a positive life with a negative mouth. So I speak positive over my life, over our church. I started changing my confession that day in the car. I said, God, you're not finished with me. You're not finished with the Darty family. You're not finished with our church. And then the next part of the, the, the confession was, and my best days are right in front of me. My best days. Now, I didn't believe that, but I had to talk myself into that. Did you know every single week I meet people in our church who say, Paul, that's the one thing that every week I go home with. I, I, and, and they say this. They, I've had multiple people say, I don't always remember your sermons, and I don't take that offensively. They say, I don't always, I, I rarely ever remember all the songs we sing and all the lyrics to those songs, but the one thing I can count on every week is saying that victory confession and the part in that confession where we all declare together, my best days are still in front of me. They say, that's the fuel I need for my week. That's the fuel I need to remind myself that I'm not finished yet and God has some better days in front of me than the current days that I'm walking in. That this current job is not a permanent job. That this current single lonely season is not a permanent single lonely season. That this current setback in my house and my health and my marriage and my family and my finances is not permanent. My best days are still in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. All right, if you got a Bible, go to 2 Kings chapter 6. And um, yeah, 
Again, this is gonna be a candid conversation on leadership in just a moment. I'm gonna call my team up that, that I meet with on a weekly basis and we're in constant contact on how we do things here at Victory. We're gonna talk about some of those things today. But in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 10, the king of Israel checked on the place that was told to him by the man of God. So um, time and time again, Elisha was giving away the location of the enemies to Israel so that Israel was always ready. They were always one step ahead of their enemies and it was frustrating the enemies. And, um, and so go to the next verse. It says, so this enraged the king of Aram because his plans were being told um, to the enemy, to Israel, and so it was stopping him from being able to conquer Israel. God wants to give you inside information. God wants you to be one step ahead of the enemy in your life. God wants you to have an edge. How do we get that? Through time and prayer and, and listening to the Holy Spirit. I wanna say this today. I don't wanna just be a good leader. I wanna be a spirit-led leader. I wanna be a spirit-led leader. Now, being a spirit-led leader, it requires a lot of flexibility. And this is something that I've realized is that I'll sit down and try to map out the whole year, 12 months out, and, uh, and I don't always get the wisdom and the vision from the Holy Spirit 12 months out. Sometimes I just get 12 days out, like this is the plan for right now. But I would rather be following a spirit-led plan that's 12 days out than be following a man-made plan that's 12 months out. And, and my team, they're like, hey, we will follow this, but just know, because we're a spirit-led church and we're not just you know, doing our own thing that's man-made, that, that we're all gonna have to walk in grace. And so that's what I wanna talk to you today about as well as having a spirit-led leadership mantle on your life, but also having a grace to flow with other people that are also in that. So Elisha, um, he, was, he was frustrating the plans of the enemy. And they said, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. And they go in the next verse. None of us, my lord, the king. Elisha, the prophet who's in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Now, one other thing I wanna pull from this is that Elisha was a prophet and he was operating in the place of a prophet, but he was communicating to a king. And prophets and kings were always meant to work together. The king had the money, the king had the army, but the prophet had the word from God. So this is businessmen and pastors and, and, and missionaries and prophets in the church working together. If we can work together, we can advance the kingdom of God. Because what Elisha didn't have is Elisha didn't have all the army men and Elisha didn't have all the money. But him and the king got together. And when, when prophets and kings get together, you become unstoppable against the enemy. Give me some godly businessmen and women who want to hear God's voice and we can build a new Bible college building and we can build a new children's church building and we can build 2,500 Bible colleges internationally and we can build water wells in the Amazon and water wells in Haiti and send missionaries to Russia. Listen, prophets and kings are called to work together. So if you're a businessman in the room, don't despise that you don't have a prophetic, not, not everyone is supposed to be a pastor on a stage or, or called to be Sammy Rodriguez. We've gotta know what is our lane and work together. So they said, okay, let's go find this prophet and let's go capture him. And so go to the next verse. Um, they find out where he is and they sent horses and chariots and a strong force there and they went by night and they surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up, he went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots has surrounded the city. 
and the servant of Elisha walks out of the tent and he says, oh my God, what shall we do? What are we going to do? And Elisha says, and this is what leaders have to do. When everyone else is saying, how are we gonna pay for this? How are we gonna get through this? What are we gonna do in the middle of this crisis? Can I just say this? Problems are good for leaders. Problems are really good for leaders. I used to hate problems. I used to hate crises. I would be like, please, Lord, make my life easier. <laughs> make, our, make our years pain-free and easy and not tough and not difficult. But problems are good for leaders because it, it really does cause you to become a better leader. Leaders know how to look at a problem and go, all right, here's the answer. But other people look at a problem and go, oh my God, what are we gonna do? Like, like the servant of Elisha. How do you know if you're a leader? You can look at a problem and instead of running from it, being scared about it, going and blaming it on everyone else, saying, dad, fix this, pastor, fix this problem. We have an issue here. We're not gonna raise this money. We can't do this. See, leaders can look at a problem and go, okay, here's what the Holy Spirit's saying. We've got greater, we've got more than the enemy that's coming against us. So Elisha says, don't be afraid. Don't, this is what leaders have to say in the middle of problems is, don't fear, my friends. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna weather this storm. There's hope on the other side. Our best days are still in front of us. Don't change your confession just because the circumstances change. So leaders can speak the same confession even when circumstances change because they know the God that's inside them. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And watch what he says next. Oh, Lord. Okay, as leaders, something we've got to do, something I'm guilty of not doing all the time is praying that the rest of the team can see what I see. Because I might see it and I might say it, but if everyone else doesn't see it, then they're going to laugh at what I'm saying. Or they're going to be like, I don't think we should do that. This doesn't sound like a good idea. This sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> I don't think we should go after this enemy. I think we're gonna lose to this enemy. But we've gotta pray like Elisha prayed. Go back to that scripture. Um, pray, oh Lord, open his eyes. Open her eyes. Open their eyes. And you might be a wife. Ashley has had to pray for my eyes to be open in situations. And uh, Lord, open their eyes so that they may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So one of the biggest things that I preach on on a regular basis is vision, vision. Um, when I was younger, my dad used to walk us out to this field that's now a church and he would ask us, what do we see? There's a soccer field, what do we see? In North Tulsa, what do you see? You've gotta see it. Leaders have to see it before everyone else does. You've gotta see. I saw us selling the building that we sold this last year to ORU. I saw us doing that five years ago. I brought it up to my mom. I said, I think we're supposed to do this. And she said, well, God's gonna have to speak to all of us as a board, because this is gonna be a, a board decision. That's a big thing to sell that and to build a building on this campus, to have um, the youth group on the same side of the street as the parents and the Bible college on the same side of the street as the dormitories and bringing the children. But, but you've gotta see things before other people see them. My dad was teaching that to us as we were younger, to see a vision of where God wants to take you. Everybody say, see it, see it. Say, it. say it, go for it. Say it. 